right, we ready? All right. Uh, welcome to episode 144 Left. Today we're reviewing Captain America's Civil War. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table is Richard Lusk. How are you? Are you showing off over there? I had to ruin it. I had to ruin it on the off chance that you might destroy <laughs> that you might destroy your intro. Given the fact that I messed up so many times with my name. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Could you imagine watching the Olympics? Some gymnast like <laughs> is doing the bars or something, dismounts, does a bunch of flips, nails the landing, starts to rise up, you know, right? Put the hands up in the air. One of the competitors comes running over and just shoves. <laughs> yeah. Screw Great. you, China. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> <sighs> All right, try again. <laughs> now I can't remember what I said. Exactly. Yeah. That's the decide. All right. Flying Bolt Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to episode 144 of Laugh. Today we're reviewing Captain America's Civil War. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table is Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? Great. Uh, last Friday we went and saw this movie opening screening up here in Gloucester. We were the first Lostonians to see this film. Fairly packed audience. Why were we sitting in the front row? Or we were among the first? Yeah, we were among the first. Yeah, we saw this. We couldn't wait to go see this in theaters. (sighs) Yes, we couldn't wait. Or did we just watch it for more pragmatic reasons early on? Yeah, I think we want to avoid the crowds. Yeah, uh, this movie made $179 domestically. Overall, it's made $670 if you add in the foreign gross. This job. We try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody. But you don't give up. New York. Washington, D.C. Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain, people are afraid. That's why I'm here. We need to be put in check. Whatever form that takes, I'm game. I'm sorry, Tony. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know we're not perfect. But the safest hands are still our own. like this billion dollar grossing film wow because you don't have a good right track record with movies that break a billion dollars i think the only one you really liked was star wars because the only other ones are yeah, marvel I, films I or jurassic world mildly tepid on star wars too and I, um i don't like movies about the civil war <laughs> let me think here yeah, if only this was a historical <laughs> film. Well, I'm thinking this you, you do really have to judge him against other big blockbuster movies and other superhero tentpole movies. <laughs> and 
I think one should do that in order to be fair. This is certainly not the lobster, from what I understand. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm. I I I I guess I'm sort of tepid again with this, like I am with other blockbuster movies. They don't. They don't excite me. Well, you walked out of theaters for Age of Ultron. Oh yeah, uh, I hated Age of Ultron. You hated Age of Ultron. I don't think you've seen the first Avengers. I, I did like Ant Man. Yeah. Which I thought was one of the weaker films, strangely enough. And probably we can get into the Ant-Man right. character because he shows up again in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people are saying this is the best of the Marvel films. How many Marvel films do you think there are so far? Ooh, good this question. Is the, this kicks off phase three. All right. That being said, I could run it through together in my mind and maybe come up with a number. But what are we? where, where are we starting? Like, we're we starting with the Marvel uh cinematic universe that began in the modern era we're not uh, going back to yeah no just modern era because there was, uh, iron man i think gets off well not one. not ang lee's no oh, okay not ang lee's um uh, uh 17 13 not too bad there <sighs> are say 13 10 more movies in phase three this will get us through 2019 we've reached the se- Wow, only through 2019. Well, they may have one in 2020, but in humans now they've taken off their release schedule. But it's pretty much going to be three films a year. Wow. Uh, This year we only have Doctor Strange to look forward to in November, but after that they pretty much start a cycle of a blockbuster opening weekend in May. Next year it's Guardians of the Galaxy. The year after that we start getting the um, Infinity Wars. Right, right, right. Well, a lot um, of people say that this is the best Avengers movie. Yeah, and it is an Avengers movie. And, and, and But it's it's one of a trilogy of uh, Captain America movies, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it pretty much he's Cap, the, says Captain America in it. He's in the majority of the scenes <clears throat> Captain America is. Everyone else is kind of an ancillary right. character. The only reason that uh, Iron Man sort of steals the show is because, uh, I think, of Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Geez, to get back to your original question, of the three Iron or uh, sorry, Captain America movies, well, I only saw half of the first one, so <laughs> this is this is probably the best. I have some problems with it, which we can talk about later, yeah. like and not not just plot stuff, but uh, what did you think? I thought what was this, your experience. I thought this Captain was America? the best Marvel film that I've seen of the thirteen. I think they're getting really good at telling a cohesive story uh plot kind of moves along they're good at having action pieces spaced out pretty evenly so as soon as you start to get a little tired of the talking uh there is some fight choreography there's some cool things going on we'll probably talk more about the choreography and how they edit it together but i thought they're getting a whole lot better at showing uh stunt doubles doing the stuff and cgi characters and then making sure you can see the uh, actual star, you know, whether it's Robert Downey Jr. or uh, Chris Evans right. in a wide shot, so you know it feels like they're doing all the stunts. So, so they're they're bringing it down to a science. Oh yeah, and that mm-hmm. uh, there's a giant fight at an airport, mm-hmm. which I think is the best superhero action fight scene of any movie. I mean, throwing the DC stuff, throwing Deadpool, any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Oh, so you are counting Deadpool and Guardians of Guardians the of the Galaxy is part of. The Marvel right. stuff. Uh, Deadpool is a Marvel film, but it's its own entity because that's done by Fox Pictures. 
these Marvel films are being done by Disney slash ABC. Are you counting also X-Men in the 13 and, and nope. Spider-Man? X-Men and is that? part of the Fox stuff. Uh, oh, Spider-Man geez. up until right, this film was part of Sony. Yeah, no, I mean, and there are just so many of these films. So it's pretty amazing that they're able to keep being original and show you new stuff. Like how many times has Captain America thrown his shield in these three films? Quite a bit. Twenty-two. But they're still doing... I have no idea what the number is. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. But they're still doing inventive stuff. I mean, even Iron Man f- flying around and zapping people with his laser beam still looks cool, and I still get excited when I see that on the big screen. There are parts of it that make it... make that appeal to me in terms of scale. Mm-hmm. And I've always had an issue with superhero movies that try to save the universe because, you know, at what point are the stakes too high. And it seems like every single superhero movie had that as its end point. You know, you got to save the the city and then oh, all of a sudden you got to save planets and now you're saving entire galaxies. And um, I think this movie is more satisfying in setting up the conflicts and what they are and where they come from. And that might be because they're more the- thematic and mm-hmm. they're more like differences of philosophy, which is something that... Um, I think the average moviegoer is not really thinking about how this works on a geopolitical uh, level. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but that's owing to my personal animus directed towards the unwashed masses. Well, it is but ironic. The, it's, a, it's a smart movie, I guess. Yeah. I said all those words just to say that, that I think it is a smart movie. Yeah, and, and they're not trying to save the world. You have possibly the grandest cast of superhero characters ever. Yeah, just go down the list. Yet, Holy crap. The size of the conflict is maybe the smallest of any superhero movie. But it doesn't feel the that way. The team is fighting in amongst themselves. Right. So, yeah, and it doesn't feel that way. Uh, A.O. Scott of the New York Times wrote, Captain America Civil War does not in any way transcend the conventions of the genre. On the contrary, it succeeds because it doesn't really try. Ah, okay. I don't know if I agree with that criticism necessarily. I think in this, in the sense that I was just talking about, it is transcendental. By scaling it down, you transcend those things. I mean, but we have these epic battles, but they're over like really small points. And at one point, Hawkeye is fighting Black Widow, and he goes, are we still friends? <laughs> yeah. So you really feel like it doesn't matter what happens at the end of this battle. They're all still going to be friends. They're all going to get along. But for the next five minutes, they're going to try and kick each other's butts. It's kind of like playing... Uh, a sport against one of your friends. Right. You're doing everything you can to beat them, but at the end of the game, you're still friends with them. Yeah, we'd hang out with football players from York High School, but we wanted to beat the crap out of them. I mean, like, physically, I, I would do things to try to, to hurt people mm-hmm. on the football field within the rules. But they were good friends of mine. And then also, I had friends that used to, I mean, they would kick, but we kick each other's ass all the time. Just in, yeah, playful sort of thing, but we, I don't know if we were ever really <laughs> operating on philosophical issues. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder what you think of how they deal with that issue, which has larger ramifications for our um, our our society. space. Well, not society. I was thinking about our foreign policy, American foreign policy and military might. Um, a lot of people are using this movie or saying that this movie makes points about America's role in society and how, whether or not we should be the policemen for the world. And I'm wondering if that, if you read the movie with that subtext. Ooh, that Captain America represents all of America and how 
Um, the UN wants the Avengers yeah. to come and work for them and only do jobs that the whole world basically agrees that they need yeah, to do. It's all about our our way, our method of dealing with foreign policy. I, I could see that as being a theme of this movie. Uh, probably something like that will be more apparent in 10 or 15 years or even more, you know, looking back at this movie because this movie does capture a point in time, like all movies do. They capture the culture and the values that they were made during. Mm -hmm. So I think that would show up much more later. Um, I I think this is a movie more about, do we want big government or do we want small government? Do we trust individuals or do we need a ton of oversight? And you've already, yeah. And I've already said on that, you know, yeah. Politically I'm captain America team, which it's ironic because he's a soldier. And Tony Stark is in the private sector for the most part. He was it's a soldier just, back during World War II. That's what I mean. He is. A, he is a soldier. He's still. I mean, uh, I, I Tony Stark is a defense contractor yeah. essentially. I wanted to mention something that one of our listeners provided me personal feedback on, and it, it it's dealing with uh, the issue of Tony uh, Stark and why everybody sort of acts like they hate him, <laughs> and that he's getting a whole bunch of crap because of the way he behaves in this movie. And I'm wondering if you have the same issues with the character of Tony Stark slash Iron Man, Uh, Uh, the issues that people have regarding the way he, the way he acts or the way he behaves in this movie. Cause I, when we left the movie, you, you kind of said that, that he was a jerk, you know, he's pretty much a jerk to everybody. Yeah. I mean, arguably he's the main antagonist of this film. I mean, I, I think the movie's trying to get you to push push and pull for Captain America. So that would make Iron Man the antagonist of the film, even though uh, Zemo's apparently the top villain. Zemo. Uh, oh, uh, the guy. Okay. Played by Daniel Bruhl. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I don't like Iron Man in this a whole lot, or at least his motivations. And I think a lot of what he does is contradictory. Like, he basically decides the Avengers should sign with the UN because a woman comes up to him and says, you killed my son. He died as a result of the events in Avengers two. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and the kid was 19 halfway through the movie. He goes and gets Spider-Man on his team. Right. Spider-Man's 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that's an ironic statement or I think it's kind of a plot hole in a character logic. I think it's a cool reveal. It got me excited about Spider-Man and even another Spider-Man movie because I wasn't a big fan of the last two. And I thought, oh, they're rebooting this already. We really need to take five years or more off. Come well, on. they might revisit that, though. Spider-Man is supposed to come out next summer on July 7th. No, I mean, they, yeah. And then in that, I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. is signed up to play Iron Man again. Iron Man in it. And, and they might address that, you know, um, that conflict in the character or that... Uh, that contradiction in the character. Her point was that basically that Tony Stark is the only one of these guys who feels guilt and, and owns up to the guilt that they should feel that this guilt, his level of guilt is appropriate for the things that he's done and that he gets a lot of, of flack for being a sort of a jerk or behaving that way. But all of it, all of his behaviors are reactions to things that he's done and he's the only one that's a stand up man 
and and she worded it a lot better than I did, but I think that those are her general points. And I, 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 I thought, wow, those are some cogent um, points. Yeah, I could see that, but I also think it losses over the fact that he has a very liberal view of how battles should be fought where there are no casualties. And unfortunately, there is fallout. And yeah. they didn't start any of these battles. They're trying to save the world from evil. And unfortunately, you know, they can only save so many people. And I think the argument should have been made at some point in this film. If we hadn't shown up to any of these sites, there would have been a much higher civilian death total. Couldn't one make the argument that Marvel is now um, taking that off the table? The, the, I, the sort of controversy surrounding collateral damage? Oh, definitely. Like, they don't even have to mention it now, and they can go destroy as many different cities as they want to. I would like that. I like that in all of the DC movies, when they would, you know, punch each other through buildings. That was one of my favorite parts of Man of Steel, even though a lot of people hated that. I thought it looked cool. It's eye candy. Will they be able to do that and lose emo Tony Stark? (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, and the weird thing is Tony Stark kills a lot of people in these movies. He punches them in the chest. They go flying 50 feet and they're just, you know, regular grunt soldier. He shoots his laser beams or fires missiles. Like in the first movie, he blows up a tank. Well, that's three dead guys at least. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think of, uh, the, there's a scene in the movie. It's sort of early on. Mm, There's an, uh, they have a sort of flashback. All right. Can we spoil? Yeah, sure. Let's get into spoilers then. (laughs) Because <sighs> I was trying to dance around this, but I want to spoil this movie. I don't want to spoil this scene. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. What did you think of the scene where Tony's young Tony Stark shows up? That was a little creepy, and I couldn't figure out if that was young Tony, because I don't think we'd seen him yet in the film, right? Right. Uh, so I didn't know, oh, maybe he sh- shaved the beard and... I didn't recognize that guy as his father. I thought of the other guy who was in the Oh, John Slaherty. Yeah, I didn't realize John Slaherty was supposed to be Tony Stark's father. Apparently, he's been in some of the movies, and okay. they've had another actor and yeah, some of the more in, recent stuff. So In Ant-Man, he was... Yeah, so I, <clears throat> I, I was fine with it. I didn't see what the big reveal was going to be at the end of the movie. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, wait, you're jumping way ahead. We're in, uh, we're in spoilers. I know, though. but... I, I was still right, I was still right. trying to I was still trying to process what I thought of that about that scene. Oh, of Downey that particular Jr. looking because, so young. Well, yeah, was it was it all CGI? Was it a body double in a teenage body when and and then just CGI his face, face? Like they probably did with Paul Walker or in uh, the seven movies. I could see them doing face replacement because really they didn't have Robert Downey Jr. move much in the scene. He's laying down, and he gets up and leans up against the wall. But where, where do they get the footage? Is it all just art, artistic rendering? Uh, I think they get from old movies a lot of times. Mm-hmm. They can scan the face. And, I mean, he was in a lot of movies in the 80s. That's what I mean. Did and they use existing footage, or did they computer render it out somehow? Some of it's computer rendering. They've done this before in Ant-Man when we see young Michael Douglas. And by young, I mean like 40-ish. Or Tron, the movie Tron. Tron, they did it quite a bit so disney's gotten pretty good at doing this sort of thing Fair we're enough. not that far away from having a new john wayne movie yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about that you wouldn't want to see that mm, i don't know errol flynn charlie chaplin the the promises of the paula abdul uh pepsi commercials have not borne out fully i don't know they do the face replacement pretty yeah. good i mean it's it's so much better than when they had to do it on sopranos 
oh, okay. uh, when Tony's the actress who played Tony's mother died suddenly, oh, okay. and they had to do the face replacement, and it's really, really bad. Oh, oh, fair enough. So uh, you didn't care for it, though. No, I it was fine. It was what it was. I was I thought I was in a different movie for a half a minute, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Yeah. Uh, special effects in general, anything pull you out? Just, yeah, like I said, that's normally something you point to, and you go, "Yep." Oh, yeah, I I, bad. I think that there was a there was a continuity in the cinematography that I don't generally see in superhero movies like this. Uh, I know that was a main sticking point for Age of Ultron. Why I left after that initial scene, it wasn't the fantastic nature. It was one of the arguments that you often have about the God camera and how the God camera sort of moves around in these characters, but. To me, the, it looked like obvious CGI, and I didn't really notice any of that in this movie. I know it was there, obviously, but it didn't it didn't bump me from the movie. So, yeah, the only the, time it looked a little cartoony <clears throat> was in that car chase in the tunnel. It, it bordered yeah, like when they're running real fast, anyway. and the camera keeps doing a whip pan across. Yeah. But no, it was pretty good. Plus, everything's in harsh daylight. There's no shadows. None mm-hmm. of this is happening at night where you can hide your crimes uh batman v superman sometimes the action was a little murky it was hard to tell what was going on especially that last action sequence Mm -hmm. and this i mean they are fighting at noon every single day uh the key sequence that everyone talks about the airport fight sequence um if you compare that to the fighting sequences in pacific rim you can see how far the technology has gone especially in terms of having a giant character Mm -hmm. moving through space with smaller characters and i thought they did a really good job of showing the 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 sort of changes that occurred in that this is what i was talking about earlier with perspective but when ant-man gets really big everybody else is ant-man size (laughs) you know and then that the movement of that character when he's that big is very different because he has to move slower because he's moving his limbs at a much slower rate of speed or or you know he can't punch as fast so I thought that this movie did a better job than even Ant-Man of handling that, which is, uh, it's it's intriguing to me because they weren't really sure that Ant-Man was going to be part of this movie until after Ant-Man was so good. I mean, I know it was in the post-credit mm-hmm. sequence, but I think that they handled that character really well. Well, plus with making him big, it, it gave his character something to do. Because when they first line up to fight, I'm going, wow, Iron Man's team, they're clearly going to win this. They've got... A lot of the better people. I mean, you've got Ant Man; he can get small. You got Hawkeye; he's good with a bow. <laughs> he's good at flying, but not in tight spaces. No, uh, Hawkeye. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just the. Yeah, oh, fire. I was thinking Hawk. And then you got uh, Falcon. <laughs> That's what I mean. Falcon and Hawk. Well, there's a lot of birds. Yeah, I mean, so he can fly, but he Bird doesn't have the up. suit of armor. And then on the other side, you got Iron Man and War Machine. They're basically the same guy. Vision, who's crazy superpower yeah, it's insane would they even need anything other than vision or the emerald witch you like wouldn't a, think so. but i like how they put limitations on the abilities of these characters mm-hmm. and they and they address that during the fight sequence and then they show um you know visually what the limitations are of a guy like ant-man by saying you know you can't just automatically get big and small without some repercussion of that uh, of utilizing that superpower, and I guess it's all in the suit. But now, isn't he like connected to the suit? Like, I guess like nobody so. else can just pick up the suit and start doing things. Like, yeah, I don't know. Some... I, 
I don't know, but weird superhero uh, rules. They had some neat team ups and you know putting Ant Man inside of Iron Man's suit, messing it up. I yeah. thought some of that stuff was cool. The only thing that bothered me was after that fight, Tony's arm is in a sling. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I feel like there was some deleted scene there where he hurt his arm. Well, that and uh, what is it, War Machine? Mm-hmm. If you can make the kinds of things that you can as Iron Man, uh, say a, like a, a watch that turns into a full body armor or whatever, I think that you have the technology available to give a person. I mean, paralysis is off the table with something like this, so it's not even a it's not even a question. I, I have no idea why Tony Stark would be in a sling at any time. Oh yeah, well, but with the, with all the technology he has available to the assistant assistive technology that they have available. Well, even War Machine getting grazed with the shot, sure, it hits his power source, but there's no backup power in the suit. Right. There's not like an emergency parachute so you can eject out of the thing. That whole subplot didn't work out, but I know how it was working in terms of uh, setting up a counterpoint to the Civil, or Captain Soldier. Captain America. Yeah, Winter America or whatever. Their relationship, their 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 little bromance, uh, was yeah sort of counterbalanced with Iron Man's little bromance. So yeah, um, and I like his speech at the end. Uh, War machines, you know, saying, "Well, bad things happen. You know, people do get hurt. This sucks, but I knew that this could happen when I signed up to be a soldier." So mm-hmm. I, I like Don Cheadle's little speech there at the end. Yeah. And then they still punctuate it with some humor in that scene. So you know. that's the other thing about these Marvel movies—they do get tone right. I mean, you you are enjoying the experience if you're going there. It's like you you're on a roller coaster ride. I mean, you don't have to be invested in the movie. Uh, uh, I mean, you can be invested in the movie on different levels. I, obviously, I don't have any sort of emotional attachment to anything that goes on. I've listened to some podcasts, like the Slash Filmcast, being one where they talk about openly weeping because all of their dreams are being realized. Um, I, I don't have that same sort of reaction. I was watching uh, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, and I got a little dusty. Yeah. I had to turn it off, walk away. I don't think this movie operates on those levels, but, I mean, at least it's enjoyable for a guy like me who normally hates superhero movies. Does this make you more excited to see future Marvel films? Because... You're probably 50-50 on these. Maybe you've caught bits and parts on HBO. Yeah, I like, mean... Uh, uh, the next one that comes out is Doctor Strange. Uh, the, the trailer for that turned me off. What, what could be interesting is if they go in different directions. If Doctor Strange is just... Uh, I mean... I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent superhero in the in the sort of universe. And I can't, but if it's it's just going to be another origin story. I, I mean, there's in the DC universe, you have, uh, I mean, Batman Begins, which seems to be a little bit like this. I mean, the Tilda Swinton even looks like Ra's al Ghul, <laughs> you know, and it's it's a like a training kind of thing. Mentor, find your mentor and go on your journey and all that. <sighs> Maybe that genre is not for me, but let's say they uh, they have a, a, a very sophisticated sort of sophisticated heist movie with a superhero who's doing some stuff, then yeah, I mean, I could get excited about that. I don't, I think that the superhero genre as it exists needs to have a variety of, um, tones and, uh, different t- types yeah. of stories. I don't, I don't think it needs to be the same story time after so time. And that's what you Deadpool sort of being to. a little more raunchy, 
Yeah, I think I, I, I like that direction. Guardians of the Galaxy is more buddy team. Yeah, yeah. Lots of humor. Anytime because you you can you can plug in um, a sense of uh, not imagination or originality, you know. But Thor Rangurik, just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not gonna get excited about that or even a new Hulk movie. I mean, just whatever. could you do a super serious one more in keeping like with the Christopher Nolan Batman series? Something that's very dark and very brooding well, you in this know Marvel I feel universe. about Nolan's Batman. Well, that's why I'm asking. If, yeah, no, the, if, given if the right you character. heard Marvel's trying to get Nolan to do one of their films, would that excite you? Or would you go, as much as I like Nolan, he's the wrong guy for this. Like, I would feel Tarantino would be the wrong guy to do a Marvel film. I love Tarantino, but this is not the medium for the man. I would love for them to be able to, for a Tarantino or Coen Brothers to, to do their take on these characters, but I don't know if I'd like to see it long form and I don't think it would be commercial. It wouldn't be the kind of stuff that Marvel would want like a mumblecore movie with uh Spider-Man, like a day in the life of Spider-Man. Oh yeah. I, I, I couldn't do that. I need no superheroing. I mean, most of the big blockbuster series, I wouldn't want to see my favorite directors doing with the exception of, I think Quentin Tarantino could do a James Bond movie. Okay. Maybe I don't, I'm not I mean, even really yeah. into suit into James Bond. Let me ask you this. Do you think that given the outstanding cameo of Tom Holland as the new Spider-Man, do you think that they'll go in a different direction and be original tonally or thematically? Or will it just be a continuation in this universe? Because what I saw, we are in the spoiler section, right? Yeah. With that post-credit sequence where it's obviously Stark Technologies that's getting them all jazzed up. It's the post-post setting credit mm-hmm. sequence um i, I kind of i was like eh, it's kind of neat but okay it's just going to be another avengers movie it's, it's not going to be its own thing and i mean essentially batman i'm sorry spider-man and ant-man are playing the same character the same sort of jokey i mean they have different life experiences yeah, yeah. but it's the same sort of jokey comic relief and then I guess, I mean, Ant-Man seems more like the thief and, you know, he's the one that's going to get you your MacGuffin that you need for the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man's, yeah, more joking and kind of really talented, but sometimes gets a little over cocky. Well, they're setting him up as the innocent, sort of. Yeah, but he's too busy making a wisecrack and that allows the villains to get back on his feet and <laughs> send Spider-Man flying. I like the tone that they had for Spider-Man in this film. I think it could work for the whole time. Some of my students said they did not like the voice of Spider-Man. They didn't like that kid. It was too nasally, too whiny, hmm. they said. I said, at first I would agree with you, but it grew on me. Yeah, the voice was the tone of Spider-Man. What I, when I think of Spider-Man, that's what I think of. He's not really a man anyway. And they're like, no, we're thinking more like Andrew Garfield. That's their version that's, of Spider-Man. Yeah, they don't even think Tobey Maguire. Like that's old <laughs> right. Spider-Man. Well, both of those guys are way too old to play that role. And that's the problem that you have with a guy like Spider-Man because Spider-Man turns into Batman after a certain age, you know? Oh, well, yeah. There's the 24-year-old Spider-Man is not as intriguing as... I mean, I think you're starting to play with different themes and they're not as interesting to me. Well, as, that's what's going to be interesting. Spider-Man comes out next year, July 7th. If that film does well, do you hurry up and do another Spider-Man movie even though it's not part of phase three which goes through the end of 2019 because that kid is going to grow up pretty quick do you also do it because you're sony and you're trying to cash in 
strike while the iron's hot. Struck strike twice while the iron is hot. I would I mean Tom Holland is nineteen right now. He looks fourteen, fifteen, but that's not going to last for very mm-hmm. long. You've got maybe four or five years where it really works. I mean Toby Maguire in the first Spider Man was somewhat believable as a high schooler. But yeah, by Spider Man all... three, you're like, why is this thirty year old dude acting like he's a teenager? Yeah, but he <laughs> He also was a, a very mature teenager in those movies from what I remember. So, I don't know. I I, I guess I'm... You'll probably make me see Spider-Man anyway. Next year? Yeah. And I liked Ant-Man, so... What about these other ones? Uh, Black Panther? Yeah, we haven't even mentioned him yet. Uh, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman. I like him. I thought he worked really well. He has kind of a regal air... Reminds me a little bit of like Idris Elba. Yeah, young Idris Elba. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did really well as Black Panther, and I'm kind of excited to see where they go. Apparently, that's the Black Panther storyline seems really interesting with him being in charge of this whole nation, and they've got advanced technology, and mm-hmm. that's where all the vibranium is. So a lot of people are always trying to invade. I think it could be interesting, and it could work as a standalone film because it's not going to be set in New York City. You know, mm-hmm. some location we've already seen. Right. I can understand why Black Panther would be working alone to defeat whoever it is. And they introduced um, some black woman. I don't know that what character oh, she was yeah. playing. It's a throw off, throw away sort of line in the movie. Yeah. She's, I don't know, she's reacting to one of those other characters. But in, she in seemed kind of cool. And, you know, I'm sure she'll figure into the Black uh, Panther movie that comes out uh, February of 2018. Yeah, I don't even have it listed here. Yeah, there's so many of these <laughs> Avengers. Who is Crossbones? What is that? Crossbones was the guy in the beginning of the film that was trying to raid that CDC building. He was also in Winter Soldier, and he ends up getting a building dropped on him at the end of right. Winter Soldier. We think he's dead. He's he's but, more of a, a low-rung yeah. villain. I, I have to admit that I, I was probably asleep when he was on the screen. That was that segment in the movie when I fell asleep and started snoring. And right in the middle of the action? <laughs> I think so. Wow. I can't remember that guy. I don't he, remember he blows himself up. I thought it was in a, I thought it was in like a FedEx. Uh, uh, wait. Oh. No, he blows himself up and oh, injures oh, 11 oh, oh, people. Right, right. Scarlet Witch puts him in the. In in her little ball of whatever, and sends him off. Yeah. To okay. and then he okay, raises okay, the right, side right, of the building, right. and that's when General Ross comes in and goes, "Look at all the damage you've done, New York City, and like you know, you just see all this damage, <laughs> right? Uh, of wherever they were in Avengers Two, wherever Eastern European country, Chukchala. Yeah. And then it's like, and eleven people dead in Africa. I'm like, that just doesn't seem as bad. <laughs> it's like you guys are getting better with this. You're handling the stuff. Yeah. You know, we're not getting no, nearly the destruction. Eleven. They're getting better. We're getting diminishing returns on the death total. Does anybody really want a, a superhero movie without collateral damage, like the old A Team television shows, where the guys go flying over a cliff and then they walk away from the wreckage? Yeah, you see them crawling out of the jeep. What's the point of that? I don't. Know. I don't mind people dying in my action yeah. films. I want to see more death. A lot of people were thinking one of the superheroes was going to die in this film. Apparently, in the comic books, uh, Captain America gets sniped and killed. Yeah. Would you have liked to have seen one of the superheroes die in this film? Would yeah. that have been better it, for me? All if all of them died, <laughs> they had a big explosion. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Actually, I said yeah, but I mean, no. I, I don't need any kind of em, emotional arc to enjoy these movies, and it would probably fall flat with me. So, right. I don't. What did they do? Like halfway through filming, restructure Chris Evans's contract so that he shows up again, or like what? What's the point of rewriting that? Because you can throw anybody in a suit. You still have Captain America. You have to have Chris Evans show up with a. That's going to be interesting when they do have to start recasting some of these parts because the actors are too old. I mean, uh, Hugh Jackman and um, Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got one or two more movies he's in. He's in the new X-Men movie and they're filming or getting ready to film a third Wolverine film. But then at some point they're going to have to recast that role. That's always been the problem DC's had. A lot of iconic actors have played Superman or they've played Batman or the Joker. Right. And it's always you have to nail casting or else people go... Yeah, your movie's going to suck. I mean, look at Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't like that look and were instantly turned off from the movie. With these Marvel films, we've never seen anyone but Robert Downey Jr. play Iron Man or Chris Evans playing Captain America. Don Cheadle take over uh, War Machine. Oh, yeah. From from the Iron Man movie. So, in the Iron Man series. But that's been about it. I mean, everything else has been really consistent. Um, I don't know. I... I guess I don't, I don't know what my bigger part was on that. I, I, I wouldn't, I, if you said, which of these characters would you like to see die? Or if you, if you came to me and said, one of these characters is going to die, I would have thought, all right, I have to make a bet on which one is going to be. I would have, I would have picked Hawkman, I guess. Oh, no, not, not because I want to see him die, but just because he's a throwaway character, you know? And then they could have the whole emotional thing with him and Scarlet or uh, whatever, uh, Natasha Romanoff. And then, you know, it would make sense, especially given the fact that from what I understand of Age of Ultron, they, they tried to play him up some. Mm-hmm. So build him up so you can tear him down sort of thing. Make people think you're going to kill him off. No, I mean, really kill him off. Well, yeah, a lot of people thought in Age of Ultron they were building him up oh. to kill him at oh, there the you end. Go. And then you just kill him off in Because this it did leak that someone was going to die. Oh, and the person that died was a different person. Yeah. I thought that that person's, I don't want to... I don't want to spoil that movie, even though we are in spoilers, but the absence of that character, given what he's, he can do was, uh, felt maybe in this movie. I think he could have been, who would he have taken the place of the vision? I think vision's powers are too, um, severe to, to be an appropriate member of one of these sides here. Well, it would have been interesting if you had brought Thor back or Hulk. Because I don't think they did a real good job of explaining why Thor wasn't there and then Hulk yeah. we've just well, kind of well, forgotten about. Why wasn't he there? I, I don't know. Hopefully that gets explained in the third Thor movie. Thor Ring. I know there are problems on you know Thor's world, Valhalla. Oh, okay. That was hinted at at the Asgard? Yeah, Asgard. Yeah. Not, not Valhalla. No. Surprising I know that. In, in, in mythology, though, it's Valhalla, right? I think that's where they live. That's not the whole planet. That's, okay. It's like a... So... Um, anything else about the film? You ready to go see it this weekend in 3D? I can't see 3D. <laughs> so, Don't no. Try. You'll never <laughs> see it. I have tried. <laughs> no. What do, oh, I'm just want to touch on some of these other characters, like Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. as, it, his role, and Marissa Tomei, and all the, and William Hurt. They're all going to appear in other movies as something more important. So if you if you if you're gonna make me guess, I know nothing about anything, but 
I would say Martin Freeman is going to be your next uh, villain somewhere down the line in these phases and in these different uh, iterations. Sure, I can see that. I mean, you so, need another I mean, why government else is he suit there? too, right? Yeah, I, I thought he did fine, and I bet he signed up for four or five more movies. Yeah. Marvel seems pretty smart. They sign these guys up for lots. I mean, I thought years ago when I heard that they signed up Sebastian Stan to play Winter Soldier in 11 films. I'm like, holy crud. He didn't seem like that important of a character. We could just leave him. Right. I never need to come back to Winter Soldier, but they do have grand plans. Now. He's got a pretty impressive arc. Yeah. So. Although, that's the main sticking point I have with the movie is the fact that Captain Avenger or whoever <laughs> America. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Is is willing to go on this big journey to go rescue this guy, in when he is a terrorist. I mean, it's set up that he is this ridiculous terrorist. that's like blown up the the UN building, and Captain America is going to be on his side. He's he's my bro. I love him, man. I love you, man. I'm going to come get you. You wouldn't look out for me if I had been wrongfully framed for a terrorist act. No. If they had actual video footage of you... You could at least pause for a second and pretend like you're considering it. If, if they had actual video footage of you leaving the, the Boston Marathon, and they say, we're looking for Ryan Bull. They had one go, grainy photo. It's like, wow, they don't have to look very hard. We figured out this is Winter Soldier. I'm going, looks like any Eastern European guy. Yeah, but then it's also... we He has killed a lot of people. He's not just killed. He is an international assassin that does work with the KGB. He is the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. If I, I can't just pass that. I just can't let all that go. My motivations are not clearly defined in these movies and I have problems with it. Not really. I don't care. I really don't care. Fair enough. All right. All right. So that's our review of uh, Captain America Civil War. If you see the movie, write in. Send us your review. We'll be happy to read it on the show and argue about it let us know who's right uh also let what? us know who's i'm right not really wrong <laughs> am i <laughs> i don't know we'll let the list i think it's decide. a great <laughs> well uh also, box office challenge uh i'm in the lead yeah i don't plan Wait. on relinquishing the lead <laughs> you're 180 or 79 million dollars ahead of me right ahead. There and point. i've also got the next film that's coming out so uh x-men apocalypse so, uh i think you have alice through the looking glass that comes the out the same weekend, but Ooh, uh, I don't mono see you mono overtaking really? me. No, I won't overtake you, but do you think I'll beat you head-to-head? Alice no. being my f- fourth pick, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll have to discuss that one. I think Edsman ends up winning that weekend, but that'll be interesting. side bet? Have we determined the actual rules and what the... I, I was thinking that the, the punishment for you would be you have to do a laugh track of Star Wars Episode Four. Oh, You're going to make me watch another one. <laughs> So what the you'd have to do a laugh track of Footloose? Ooh, would I hate that worse than Ooh. Yeah, that might be a legitimate <laughs> All right. Uh listen or, or the Hitler mustache. First day of school, you wear a Hitler mustache. <laughs> or I have to wear a Hitler mustache first day of school. It could be that. Hello, children. Take your seats. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Would you do that? <laughs> if you lost the rule, if you if you lost. <laughs> Also, we have to figure out how we're going to work in the uh, sleeper hit and the yeah, biggest flop we'll, thing. Yeah, we'll figure so. all that out. All right, ones. so the rules will be posted at some point in the future once we don't have a lesson plans to worry about anymore <laughs> in the middle of June. And once uh, Mr. Bull figures out if he's going to run away with it, because he'll know by the middle of June. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah then like, all your movies will the, be, yeah. Uh, Hitler mustache. 
<laughs> no, we got to decide soon, man. All right, fair enough. After we'll, this week, we'll do that. Uh, next week, we're a little side bet on uh, head to head. Yeah, I'll take Alice. All right, I'll take Etz, man. Standard bet. Standard bet. Um, next week, another we laugh, and we're trying to see the lobster this weekend, but we're not sure if we. Yeah, can. we'll have, definitely have something out yeah. there for you. All right, Sounds I have good. a I have a quote. Ooh, quoting. This is uh, Vigo Tarasov. You know who that is? No. Neither do I, because I didn't see this movie. But he's talking about John Wick, and he says, John is a man of focus, commitment, sheer will. Something you know very little about. I saw him kill three men in a bar with a pencil. <laughs> That's my quote. Ties in. Well, uh, thanks for joining me, L-Train. There be dragons. <laughs>